the first I would say is that sales makes all the difference <laughs> and I guess that's not, not so different from any other industries that you can be a super good consultant and you can have all the best methods and knowledge and everything but without sales nothing happens. In management consultancy it's also of course super important to stay relevant. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast with Sujay, a source of inspiration for business developers. By listening to this podcast, you may gain some ideas, inspirations or food for thought towards your own journey of developing your business successfully, now or in the near future. Thanks to each one of you who liked the previous episode with a lifelong business developer, Arvind Malhotra. In that episode, he shared his perspectives and experiences on the role of time, team and trust in developing a business. In this episode, we shall learn about developing a consultancy business, more so during Corona times, by leveraging the knowledge and experiences of Nicholas Aaron. Nicholas possesses significant experiences as a business leader, as a business developer, also as an investor and a board member. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming our guest, Nicholas Aaron. Hello, Nicholas. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast. Thanks for taking out time to join this episode, Nicholas. Thanks so much for having me, Sujay. It's, it's a pleasure. That's great, Nicholas. Uh, just to give you a brief about this podcast, the objective is to serve as a source of inspiration for business developers. You know, To get started, if you do not mind, can you share with our listeners about yourself, the story of your life? Yeah, <laughs> that's a long story, but uh, I'll try and keep it short. Okay, so I, um, uh, I have a serial entrepreneurial background, you could say. I've been starting a number of, of different ventures, uh, mostly in uh, management consultancy, but also think tanks and um, uh, VC investment uh, bodies. So uh, a few different things, uh, mostly related to, to um, sustainable development. Uh, I have a strong passion for, for making a, a difference. I run, uh, since seven years back, uh, a company called Matters Group, and uh, we are in that field. Wow, Matters Group. So something important matters to handle, right, <laughs> with the names. Exactly. So what are those key matters that you're helping at Matters Group? Well, we have sustainability issues all around us, very present in society today, whether we talk about uh, environmental issues like uh, climate change or pollution of the, of the seas but also social issues like the increasing divide between people and, and cultures. Uh, and uh, this is increasingly being recognized also by businesses. So we help businesses internalize these types of issues to make a difference, but also to, to make a difference for the company so that they will actually become more, more successful. Mm-hmm. And what are the challenges that you're seeing with these businesses to adopt these measures? Or if I can use a term, sustainability quotient, right? And as you said, many companies are in their different phases of journey. Someone starts with that at a very high, but but if you look at more established companies, they might be very low because their ways of working were very different. So there's a lot of change management there. So what you see from uh, your perspective are the key challenges or roadblocks these companies are facing. It differs a lot from, from company to gam- company and, and also from industry to industry. In, in some industries, uh, you may have, for instance, a huge exposure to social issues in the um, supply chain. 
In, in other industries, there will maybe different issues. For real estate companies, it's um, a lot of issues related to, on one hand, energy and, and climate impact, because uh, the real estate industry has a huge impact, but also social issues. What will a sustainable city look like in the future? How can we create cities which are inclusive and uh, create a good life for, for its citizens? So there are many different issues depending on, on the industry. And um, typically a company needs to make quite a thorough screening of what issues are relevant to, to them. And it also changes over time. So, um, uh, so you never, you're never done. You, you have to constantly keep your ear to the ground to really understand what's, what's important. Mm-hmm. There are two types of companies. One has been existing for long enough, and then there are younger companies. If I look at the younger companies, they are starting from a clean slate. They can start their business keeping sustainability in focus, but they might be lacking on resources or experience to do that. Whereas the older companies, they have the baggage of the past, right? The ways of working. Yeah. So what's your view on these two sets of companies? With smaller companies, uh, generally speaking, of course, we uh, we tolerate a, a little bit more. We uh, it's it's both as you say that they m- maybe have have started fresh and don't have so much of a of a, a backlog, uh, a negative backlog. But but it's also a question of as you say they have less resources and and we don't expect uh, a small company to to be on top of every question regarding uh, human rights and anti corruption and and the environmental impact and so on. So in a way, you could say that smaller companies, they do get away a little bit easier. But uh, for the larger companies, uh, we typically have huge expectations. We, we really do expect that they should behave in a good way. They should have control of all issues. They should have a proactive way of, of adding value to society. If they don't, we get really... Uh, disappointed and and uh, that can harm the company severely and the demands on businesses in this space are rapidly increasing so also the smaller companies uh, are expected to, uh, to to do more yeah in your journey as matters group how do you then approach this question to customers i believe you're approaching both the bigger and smaller companies yeah that's right that's right you could say we have uh, quite quite different approaches when it comes to bigger and smaller companies. I mean, big companies they have an internal complexity. They they can afford some consultants, and and it makes sense to to work for over a longer time and so on. So uh, with with big companies, we have uh, quite rigorous uh, processes and good methods and so on to to help them really understand this landscape and find better ways forward when it comes to to smaller companies we try to focus on what we call solution providers so companies that have um, a specific mission to make a difference regarding some dimension of sustainability and then we try to help those companies to accelerate to make a, a difference faster by maybe you know teaming up with bigger companies, uh, creating uh, partnerships. So it's a it's a different approach. And would you be able to share any example here? If we take these uh, smaller solution providers, uh, they are of course typically not as as well known, but but uh, very often they are really really uh, interesting. 
I could mention a few. And for instance, we are working with um, a company called Cake. Mm -hmm. Cake is a designer and manufacturer of electric motorcycles. So they are trying to, let's say, make the Tesla of the, the motorcycle industry go completely electric and transform the whole industry. And uh, they are a very cool company, and um, it's been a pleasure working with them for a number of, of, uh, of years in, in this pursuit to change the motorcycle uh, industry towards electric. Another solution provider with an ambition to change a market is a, a company called Electrion. It's an Israeli company, and they have the, uh, the best technology for electric roads. So also electrification, but in this case, electrification of, of roads in order to, to be able to charge electric vehicles while driving. Okay. So they work with inductive technology. Nothing is visible. It's, it's all hidden under the asphalt on the road. Wow. But then when an electric vehicle drives over the road, it's, it's uh, charged in real time from the infrastructure under the road. So that's very cool. Yeah, certainly cool. And we are building the first road like this, uh, a pilot project on uh, Gotland, together with uh, Trafikverket, who is the funding body behind the project. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so those are examples. Uh, but yeah, there are more I could tell you, of course, but time is limited. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But overall, from your perspective, you're seeing a lot of things happening in the industry, right? In terms of the sustainability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Clients come to us and they say, these issues are changing our market. We, we need to act. We, we need to uh, get our, our hands around this. We need to get from a reactive to a proactive mode. And, and they realize that that takes uh, that it may may take a lot of change. It may take you know changing the DNA of the company, changing your your products or services, and and rebuilding your your brand and your values and so on. So it, it may be a very significant change, but it's it's super exciting. Yeah, that's right. And I'll be really excited to know some of the sustainability quotient scores of these companies, right, and how they are evolving. Mm. Good, Nicholas. Now shifting gears on your business part of you because you are you said you have been running this consultancy business for seven plus years yeah and in the interest of some of our listeners who may be also thinking of or in early stages of starting their own consultancy business yeah, yeah. what could be some of the recommendations you could share with us your learnings your best practices in developing a consultancy business yeah I I think um. There are many things that are, are important. I mean, the, the first I would say is that sales makes all the difference. <laughs> and I guess that's not, not so different from any other industries. That you can be a super good consultant and you can have all the best methods and knowledge and everything. But without sales, nothing happens. Mm. So sales is really the most critical thing. And as it turns out, it's much more difficult to find colleagues who are good at sales than, our, than to find colleagues who are good at uh, delivering. So for us, limiting factor has always been sales. Putting effort into sales and, and really working on that is, is uh, what makes the, the biggest difference. So that's, that's one thing. And, and then in management consultancy, it's also, of course, super important to stay relevant. 
we deliver knowledge, leading edge uh, methods and thinking to our clients. And in order to be able to do that, of course, uh, we need to constantly stay up to date, change our own thinking and our own portfolio of, of methods and so on. Uh, we've done a lot of, of um, uh, development of our own business now during the, uh, the corona year. So we really had to rework how we work with clients. So that's another thing. But there are many more learnings, of course. And, and I think it's, it's important to be pragmatic, try to be uh, very, very customer-oriented, of course, to really listen to your clients because typically they have, the, there's so much knowledge already with your clients, but you, you can help them to get it out and uh, structure it. And most of the uh, knowledge is, is already there. It, it just needs some help. Yeah, thanks a lot, Nicholas, for sharing that. Now, when you come to the sales point, can you share some insights of how are you approaching that sales point? Is it mostly word of mouth or you are then leveraging the digital channels or something else? I mean, we, we try to work across uh, many challenge, uh, channels, of course. I mean, like most uh, companies. So, I mean, we, we have active social channels and uh, word of mouth, as you say, and and of course, management consultancy is very much, uh, it's uh, really about forming strong relationships with clients. So we can see that being present in a market and getting to know people, uh, working within an industry, typically it's, it's easier to, to develop more relations, uh, key relationships with CEOs or C-level executives in, in, in a particular industry. So that's, that's how we work. We spend a lot of time on, on developing strong relations to, to clients and, and to potential clients and, and then being patient with um, turning uh, relations into, into projects can, can take a long time. Sometimes it's faster, but, but very often it takes, uh, takes a long time. So relationships first of all, but but then of course all the all the other channels as well. And we do some marketing, some seminars, and so on. But but that's <laughs> a bit less of that uh, during Corona. Yeah, and with Corona times, another important point because consultancy business has been very much about face to face interaction and meeting with the customers. Yeah. So how have you adopted? And that's point number one. And what do you think is a future outlook as you come out of Corona? Do you think we'll go back to the earlier normal or do you see a new normal will evolve for the consultancy business based upon experiences gained through the Corona times? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm quite sure we will see a new normal. Of course, there will be some turning back. Uh, we will see more physical meetings and so on, but, but we will never go back to where we were. There's a lot of convenience in, in digital meetings, of course. And, and we've also learned that a lot of things we didn't believe was possible during digital meetings, they are actually uh, quite, uh, quite all right and, and possible. I mean, you do lose some, some dimensions, uh, but, but um, you also win something because it's, uh, I mean, if you... Uh, going to develop a relationship or dialogue with, uh, with a client in another country or on the other side of the planet. And physical meetings is, is challenging also. So, so, I mean, we can, we can achieve a lot with digital meetings. They will not replace uh, physical meetings, of course, but, 
but uh, they will complement them. Mm. And you see clients are also getting used to and adopting it, right? And more open. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, some things are interesting, like since we typically work with uh, C-level executives, we need access. And that's always challenging. Those are busy people. And, and I have found that not across the board, but in, in some cases, it's a bit easier to get a meeting now because, you know, just having a meeting on, on Zoom or, or Teams for half an hour, that's not uh, a big commitment for a CEO. There's very little time except the actual meeting time. So in a way, it has become easier. And, uh, but then there's the other dimension of building relationships, and that's, uh, that's harder when you're uh, working digital. And I think uh, in our lives, we see our days are more packed with meetings because of that comfort. Oh, we can do meetings, so yeah. you don't need time to jump from one meeting to another meeting, and you, you could do 16 half-an-hour meetings in a day. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's good, you know, it's another story. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. But earlier, we, we could do one or two meetings in a day, right? Physical or three meetings maximum. That has moved from 10 plus meetings, at least many people are having today. Good, good, Nicholas. So uh, taking you through the next segment of this podcast episode, what I do with my guest is that an important point I want to delve upon with you in the topic of learning. Mm. You know, everyone, we all learn through our lives, learning new things and etc. Yeah. But as we go in our journey, many times, as you were talking of uh, companies acquiring baggage of the past, right? Mm-hmm. We as individual acquire some habits which might be needed to be dropped in the present so that we can acquire new habits or be more successful. So what's your thought on this topic of unlearning and have you had any unlearning experiences from your personal life? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of them, actually. You know, I've, I've, um, I've had quite a long career in, in business and, and I can see how things have changed so much. And especially when I, when I look upon what we work with, sustainability issues, yeah, they are, you know, impacting the direction of, of companies. Things used to be all about uh, the numbers, you know, revenues or profits and uh, financial numbers. What we're learning is really that sustainability issues are super important, but, but quite difficult to, to capture in uh, uh, numbers like that. So, so you, have to, uh, you have to work a bit uh, differently and, and shift your focus away from the short-term uh, numbers, but because those will not save you for for the long term so so that's one 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 thing that that uh, we were really seeing organizations being managed in a in a different way and more values driven more uh, more impact driven uh, and so on so that's that's uh, interesting uh, i think the last year has been really a year of, of unlearning as well <laughs> giving up ideas about how business needs to be conducted and, and so on. Yeah. And also, in terms of organization, I think there's been a lot of unlearning or relearning. How, how do you actually build successful organization? We used to believe a lot in control, in tracking people and KPIs with numbers and, and control in the organization. But there is so much... On one hand, uncertainty, so which makes uh, control is an illusion. But also, we are understanding more and more that 
most people are not very driven by numbers. They are more values driven today. And, and so it's, it's really important to feel that you are part of something that contributes to something bigger than, than just meeting the numbers and that you are part of a, of a team where you, where you care for each other, where, uh, yeah, you're part of a bigger whole. And that, that also then leads to uh, organizations being designed in, in new ways with less hierarchy, more autonomy. All of us work more autonomously now with Corona, working from home. There's no manager checking what you're doing during the day. So, so that, again, the, the, the illusion of, of control has to, to, uh, to go. Yeah. So, so that's also areas for, for, for learning. Good, good. Thanks a lot, Nicholas, for sharing that. That's really in, insightful. So as we come close to this episode, Nicholas, uh, or do you have any other key messages to share or anything else? No, but I mean, you uh, frame this pod around business development. And I, and I think that's um, a very good area. And as I pointed out, I mean, the business development, sales, marketing, reaching out to, to clients, that's really uh, most critical area for, for our type of business. And I think it's for, for so many. So, so I think it's a, a really good area. So thank you for having me again. No, thanks a lot, Nicholas, for coming in here. Yeah, that's the whole objective. I set up this podcast to share these ideas and thoughts from experienced people like you. And then listeners who are in a similar journey and they may not have access to people like talking to people like you through this podcast, they can gain some ideas and inspirations and food for thought towards their own business and different types of businesses. So thank you for today then, uh, Nicholas. It's my pleasure to talk to you and present you through this uh, podcast. And I believe we have some good content which our listeners could benefit from through this podcast. Thank you for today, Nicholas. Thank you, Sujay. And I'd be interested in, in listening to your future pods. Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot. Much appreciated. Take care. Bye-bye, Nicholas. Bye-bye. Sales and staying relevant are the top challenging areas towards developing a successful consulting business. Those were some of my learnings that I have taken from this episode. What learnings have you taken? Hope this episode helps you to draw your own learnings. Do give me a high five if you like this episode. I would also love to hear your feedback and suggestions for improvement. You have multiple channels to do so. LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram or email me directly. My contact information is provided in the episode notes. That's it for now. See you again in the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast. Stay happy, healthy curious to learn and remember sales and staying relevant are keys to developing a successful consulting business bye for now <music>